Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show. Your Pittsburgh Steelers are 11-1, and and there are a lot of people that are really upset about that. I get it. There are high hopes of 16-0, maybe 19-0, but here you go. The Steelers have another game, and it's really weird to think that a team with 11 wins in 12 games needs a redemption weekend. And it's almost time for a tough game with Buffalo. And you know how the Pittsburgh Steelers do with tough games. They always rise to the challenge, especially when you have a Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback and Mike Tomlin as your head coach. Hi, friends. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, is my good friend, Kevin Smith. KT, what is up, my man? Hey, Brian. You know what, man? It, it actually felt weird to hear hear you say 11 and 1. I, I gotten so used to you saying, you know, something and zero uh, <laughs> that it was like took me back for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, they lost. Damn. So, so let, let's go to that loss, Kevin. I mean, what's your knee jerk reaction? You know, two, two things. Uh, one, defenses are catching up to the Roethlisberger led, you know, quick passing offense as a substitute for any, any sort of substantive running attack. And then two, the injuries are catching up on the defensive side of of the ball. So, um, I mean, in both those regards, we're going to have to see some adjustments on Sunday night against Buffalo uh, in order to be successful. So I'm going to ask you a little later on in the show, how those adjustments need to be made. And we'll talk about that. But my question to you first is, let's continue on with the Washington game. What was the single most egregious factor 
that made them lose that game? You know, I mean, just, you know, not being able to get in on, on uh, first and goal from the one yard line, that was kind of like a microcosm of, uh, you know, the bigger problems, just no push, you know, up front on the offense and then having to scramble to sort of, you know, reboot the offense around that. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, we got away with it for a few weeks there after that first Baltimore game, when the Steelers implemented that no huddle empty package with various personnel groups on the field, you know, I mean, I think it's, I still can't wrap my brain around the fact that we, in the second half of that Baltimore game, we, we threw the ball in 36 out of 37 plays. Uh, that, that's just that that has been the offense moving forward now for the last six weeks or so. And, you know, Baltimore, the second time around, had a better plan for it, doing a really nice job of just kind of clogging up the passing lanes and in the short in the short and intermediate zones and daring the Steelers to either a run the ball or b throw deep. And they haven't really been able to do either. And I But again, to me, it all emanates from the fact that they're just not able to sustain a rushing attack and they're having to reboot their entire offense as a result of it. Do you feel that this is a dead season like a lot of people do? A lot of people are on the ledge right now. Or do you feel like this is an aberration and this is something that with a lot of attention to it, they can go ahead and pull this out and be contenders once again for the Lombardi Trophy in 2020? Oh man, I mean, come on, man. They're eleven and one. I mean, they if you if you expect to go through an NFL season without dealing with any significant adversity, uh, or without having a moment, you know, where it's just kind of like now or never, uh, I mean, that's pretty that's pretty naive. I mean, think back to two thousand five. You're old enough, and I and I'm both I'm old enough to really remember that season pretty well. I mean, the Steelers were seven and five at one point, you know, and uh, they were being written off the bears were coming to town and everybody thought the bears were great with Erlacher and their great defense and all, you know, we'll, we'll always remember, you know, Jerome Bettis trucking Erlacher in the snow and uh, Steelers didn't lose again. You know, they, they won, they won the Super Bowl that year. And, and that, at that point they were seven and five. So here we are same point in the season, 12 games in and the Steelers are 11 and one. And there's this panic going on. I mean, obviously there's things to be concerned about the injuries, the situation on offense, no, no doubt about that. You know, Kansas city, Everybody's worried about Kansas City, but uh, it'd be amazing how much different people's perspectives will be if the Steelers can win Sunday night in Buffalo and, and you know, sort of reclaim some of that momentum they had. Well, I am absolutely 100% with you, and I was throwing it out there just to hear your opinion on the matter, but my thing, Kevin, is the fact, yeah, you're going to lose in an NFL season, and you can't really expect to be 16 and 0. The only team to ever have gone 16 and 0 did not win the Super Bowl. We have seen teams and the last team to start out 13 and 0, the Saints won the Super Bowl that year. They started out 13 and 0. They ended the regular season 13 and 3. So it's how you fix things, it's how you adjust. It's the heart that beats in that uniform and the black and gold pumping through those veins, Kevin, as far as I'm concerned. I fully believe that this is a team with Mike Tomlin leading the way and Ben Roethlisberger on one side as a captain, Cam Hayward on the other side, guys like that are not going to let them fall into the abyss and fall into the category of also Rans. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, back backs against the wall Steelers is my favorite version of the Steelers. Uh, And I, and I think a lot of that emanates from, from Mike Tomlin. Um, you know, I, I, he's not a man to back down from the challenge and, you know, he's, and he's, he's not a man to sugarcoat things either. You know, he'll be honest with the team about, about where they are. 
and about what's expected of them. He, you know, the coaching staff faces a huge week uh, this week with um, some of the challenges that they're going to face in terms of personnel and in terms on the offensive side of the ball of trying to figure out how to evolve the, the scheme so that Buffalo doesn't, you know, stymie the offense with the same recipe that Baltimore and Washington did. So it's a big week for the coaches as well. Uh, but, you know, one thing the Steelers have, have proven a time and time again is that, like you just said, man, they're when, when in big games, they, they've been very good. But Buffalo's on a roll right now. They've been doing well. One of their losses was because of a Hail Mary at the end of the game against Arizona. They are a pretty good team. They're a feisty team, but they're not the same team as last year. They're not the same team that beat the Steelers last year. They're a team that beat the Steelers with a very good running game. Not much of a passing game, but a defense that could kill you everywhere. That defense is not as strong as they were last year either, Kevin. So when we look at this, where you want to look at this right now, the Buffalo Bills are ranked 15th right now as far as opponents rushing yards. They were a top five defense last year. They're not even close to that. Where they rank the highest would be passing. Josh Allen has really taken over. He's doing really well, but the Steelers are one of the best teams against the pass. In fact, they're number two in the NFL against the pass. So I'm thinking that this is going to be another strength on strength game, Kevin. Yeah, it is amazing how Buffalo has transformed. You know, talking, thinking back to that 2019 game, uh, I can still see, you know, the Tredavious White with the big interception that that changed that game. I mean, Duck Hodges threw an out route and he missed, missed to the inside. And when you make a mistake against a corner, like, like white, uh, you know, that's going to be a problem. And you just, you just, as, as that game went on, you just kept thinking the Steelers can't score on this Buffalo defense. Well, that's not the case anymore, man. They've been in some shootout games. They were in a 44 34 game. They were in a 32 30 game. Um, they, there's another game they were in. I can't remember the score off the top of my head. That was both teams were in the thirties. I think they're like 18th in the league and uh, to the op- opposing team. And last year, like you said, they were top five. But on the you know on the flip side, man, uh, I watched I watched their game against San Francisco uh, last week, and boy, did I come away impressed with the offense. I mean, Josh Allen, I mean, he looked like in full control of of everything that uh, San Francisco was throwing at him. He was checking off at the line. Uh, he was making the right you know right reads. He was getting to his second and third progression and then when all else failed he just threw the ball to Stephon Diggs and and uh you know they're just a totally different team on offense this year um and they're they're scary explosive the one stat that you pointed out Kevin you are absolutely correct the Buffalo Bills have given up 25.5 points per game the Steelers have given up 17.6 why that's important is both teams both teams are tied for seventh with points scored at 27.8. So with that being said, Pittsburgh actually has an advantage on defense here, but they don't have any inside linebackers, any natural inside linebackers left besides Avery Williamson, who is still learning the system because he came over from the Jets in week nine, I believe. So with that, Kevin, That's a disadvantage. We're going to be seeing guys like Antoine Brooks Jr., the rookie out of Maryland. We're also going to be seeing Marcus Allen from Penn State. They are safeties, and they're playing up there. 
And you also have Ulysses Gilbert III hopefully coming back. He has been injured for a while. He's had the he had those back problems last year. He's having them again this year. But that's it. Those are your inside linebackers. Can the Steelers survive without Spillane and Vince Williams? And can they survive with Avery Williamson leading the way? Well, uh, let me ask you, Brian. What, what's your? Give me your stats, man. What's your height and weight? You know, we, we might be able, we might be able to plug you in there. <laughs> All right, I'm uh, I'm five nine two fifty. Five nine two fifty. You're you're a thumper, man. You're you know you're 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 an old school Levon Kirkland type. Oh yeah, I yeah. play angry too. Oh, right. There you go. <laughs> Win if you can, uh, I, lose if you must. Always cheat. I'm a professional <laughs> wrestling fan from way back. I know yeah. uh, Jesse the Body Ventura used to use that quote. So, you know, I'm going with it. Well, I, I can't help out either. I mean, because I'm 5'10", 190, and I was a, uh, I was a safety in, in college. But, uh, you know, I think my, my 40 time, you'd have, to, you'd have to time me with a sundial these days. So, uh, I don't think <laughs> I, could, uh, I could help out. So, I mean, I don't, you know, to answer your question, um, that's uh, what I was alluding to earlier about the challenge that the coaching staff faces is like, uh, you know, are, are they – they're going to cl- clearly have to get creative with the schemes. What packages will we see? I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely not like, a, hey, we're going to play our base three, four and, and uh, you know, try and plug Marcus Allen in as, as the, uh, you know, the buck linebacker. I mean, I just don't I just can't see that happening. So I would expect some interesting packages that maybe, you know, that uh, the stu- we haven't seen much from uh, the Steelers this year. Uh, you know, and the, the good thing about that is Buffalo won't have seen it either. Uh, the bad thing about that is, you know, I mean, you hate to be breaking stuff out in, in game situations this late in the season. You know, you, you'd like to, to have gotten uh, a proper amount of practice reps or been able to sort of test run this stuff in, in other situations before you before you, you know, you run it back live. But I mean, what, what choice do they have? You know, so, um, it, you know, I know the Steelers are a next man up team. I know they have a next man up philosophy and, and I don't think that that's going to change, but you can't. You can't set people up to fail. I mean, what coaching 101 says, don't put players in positions to fail. Don't ask them to do something that they can't do. I mean, that's on you. It's your job to figure out what they can do best. So if the Steelers have to go with some lighter, you know, converted safety types at linebacker, then they need to figure out how to tweak the scheme to make that work for those guys. Avery Williamson has been a starter in this league for a long time. He would have been a starter in this league if he came to the Steelers at the beginning of the season. So I'm not worried about Avery whatsoever. You just have some green guys back there and we'll see what they can do. But when you have the go ahead from the coaching staff to go in there and play, and they've been working with you all year, they believe in you somehow. So I'm actually excited to see what can happen. I don't think it's going to kill them, but there's one question I want to ask you. I'm a huge Vince Williams fan. You know, I talk about Vinny Vitivici all the time and he is the guy for me that, makes that he's the unsung hero of that defense and my thought here though is he was definitely at a disadvantage when Spillane went out last week and they were they were targeting him and they were passing to the running back so much more with JD McKissick I'm talking about the Washington football team so my question here is you have a guy in Avery Williamson that could play the pass and he is maybe more of a well-rounded linebacker than someone like Vince Williams. He's not going to rush the passer as well as Vince Williams, but he probably has some advantages too. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. You know, I guess we're we're back to that question of, you know, how, 
how much does he know right now? You know, who's going to wear the green dot? That's, that's my question too, is like, who's going to communicate the calls? Um, you know, you can't, you're, you can't overload Williamson with, with too much uh, because you don't want him thinking, man, you know, slow mind equals slow feet on the football field. So we don't want, we don't want his brain cluttered with new responsibilities plus, you know, uh, new physical responsibilities plus mental responsibilities. So that'll be a really interesting question. I wouldn't be shocked if they, uh, if they gave, you know, some of the signal calling, you know, to, to TJ Watt or uh, a veteran guy who just, uh, you know, I guess understands the scheme a lot better. You know, I'm, I'm very curious about what, you know, who plays that other linebacker position. If it's Gilbert, I mean, he's, he's shown himself to be pretty good in pass coverage. Uh, is it going to be a guy like Allen or Brooks? Because those guys will obviously be able to take on some of the duties of covering tight ends and, and, uh, and running backs. So, I mean, you know, to me, that's the million dollar question, man, who plays beside Williamson and in what role? Absolutely. And we're going to talk more about the bills and the Steelers coming up right after this on the Steelers pregame show. Here we go. Behind the steel My name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad. I'm here with Kevin Smith. You could call him KT or a coach. And guess what? We are getting ready to watch the 11-1 Pittsburgh Steelers try to clinch a playoff berth, even though playoff berth, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for a Super Bowl championship out of this team, deep run into the playoffs, and it all starts with a possible win over the Buffalo Bills. So, Kevin, we talked about this a little bit earlier. The Steelers are a team that when they take on a team that is favored over them, they play a whole lot tougher than they do against a team that they're favored over. That has been a staple of this game in the Mike Tomlin era. Do you see something like that continuing this week, even with all the losses on defense for this team? Well, you know, that's a tough question to to answer simply because there are going to be so many new faces in the lineup um, and there'll be, it'll be such a challenge really for the Steelers to, to continue to play at the level that they've been playing without those guys. I mean, on one hand, you know, you, you, it's a great opportunity for these young guys, um, you know, to really sort of show what they can do. And obviously on the other hand, it's a huge challenge for the coaching staff to figure out what they can do best. You know, I kind of have been harping on that, um, in this podcast a little bit, but I, I, I really don't think I can emphasize it enough. Figuring out, uh, you know, who they've got in what positions and how to use them is going to be the most significant challenge for the coaching staff this week. It won't, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a two-part question. You know, are these guys going to step up 
and elevate their play and embrace the challenge? And are the coaches going to put them in position to succeed? I agree with you on that too. And we've talked about the defense a lot, and we will be talking about the defense a little bit more, but let's talk about the offense. The Steelers are getting two key pieces of the puzzle back in James Conner and Marquise Pouncey. They're big because they help both the running game and the passing game. Why do I say that about James Conner? Because he could pick up a blitz. He's very good at blocking in the backfield. He could catch out of the backfield. And I think he's the most capable runner on the team. And that's something you may disagree with me on. And I think you've disagreed with me in the past on that. And I fully respect that. But Pouncey coming back helps give Ben more time as well with Connor giving him more time too, and uh, helps the run game as well. Is this a huge upgrade over JC Hassenauer, or is this just a line that cannot block against the run, no matter who's in there? Um, yes. And not quite. Yes. Uh, I mean, yes, this is a huge upgrade over JC. Uh, JC had a rough week last week. Now, granted Washington's defensive line has four first round draft picks on it. I mean, that was a great defensive front that they played against last week. So, you know, JC had, a, had his work cut out for him, no doubt about it. But, you know, Marquise Pouncey is a vastly superior player. And so it'll certainly help. Um, but I don't suddenly expect the Steelers to morph into the Tennessee Titans in the run game. You know, I mean, they're, they're just not really built up front uh, to be a physical, you know, kind of grinded out football team. But they don't need to be. You know, the, the, the thing is, man, they, they have to be able to offset what they're doing in the passing game with with a, basically just a competent rushing attack. Last last week, they rushed for like 21 yards. You know, I mean, against they had a three week stretch there against Dallas, Cincinnati and um, I don't know if it was Jacksonville or somebody else where they rushed for, for like 48, 46 and 44 yards consecutively. They can't rush for 40 yards a game and expect to be successful in offense. They don't have to rush for 140 yards a game, but I mean, if they could, I don't want to put a number on it, but if they could, if they could offset the passing attack with a competent rushing game, if they could, if, if they could run the ball on first down and pick up four yards and be in second and six and stay ahead of the chains, there's a lot of really good play calls on your call sheet on second and six. There's a lot of, a lot of things on the menu that you can go to as opposed to running the ball on first down like they did last week and maybe get a yard. And now you're second and nine and the, now your play sheet shrinks and it gets a heck of a lot harder to call plays. I mean, if they can stay ahead of the chains and use the running game to do that and not have to rely on this constant diet of short passes, then, you know, that's a win for them, man. So, I mean, like, that's really what I want to see. Not a run, not a dominant run game, but a, a timely and competent one. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this about the offense as well. I want to talk about the receivers and of course the huge i mean this is this is the elephant in the room this is what we've been talking about it's the dropsies and i want to bring up this quote by mike tomlin they can catch the ball or they can get replaced by those who will catch it it's as simple as that when you hear that quote you know this man's serious because he said it the week earlier by saying you know we played jv and we know who it was directed at if you're Deontay Johnson, who is um, pro football reference is crediting him with seven drops in 2020, Eric Ebron with five, but it seems like it feels like they got all of them last week, uh, the last two weeks. So if you're those guys, 
do you, how do you step up and how do you cure this sudden case of the drops? We've heard a mention that it could be because of the cold weather, but these guys are wearing gloves. That can't be the reason why. So what are your thoughts on the drop situation? I mean, I, I actually do believe that the cold weather affects the passing game probably more than a lot of people. And I'm only saying that just from experience watching, you know, and just my time around football watching, you know, how receivers go about their business. Receivers are not the toughest people on, on, on your football team. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not of all the position groups. They're not my favorite from a mental, (laughs) a mental standpoint, you know, like I just sometimes question the mental toughness of wide receivers. And that's really what it is. They've got to get mentally tougher. It's focus and it's concentration and it's repetition and it's fundamentals. Uh, you know, it's all, there's no, like, you can't, you're never going to get a guy to do something just by, you know, saying, catch the ball. You know, that's, that's what like fans yell from the stands, you know, get them. They all get them. That's like really helpful you know? like, <laughs> as a coach to turn around. You're like, Oh, thanks. That was great. You know, but like catch the ball. I mean, you're, it's, it's really, there's a process to that. And what is that process? That process is that you got to sharpen your focus and get mentally tougher. Uh, you got to block out whatever noise and distractions that you might have, whatever the defense is doing, guys running their mouth, getting in your ear, your own voice that gets in your head and starts to doubt yourself. I mean, it's mental toughness. Uh, how, how mentally tough is Deontay Johnson? Is Eric Ebron? is just basically anybody. I mean, it's kind of feels like it's been across the, across the, the roster uh, in terms of the drop balls. So, I mean, if the Steelers are going to play this offense where they're going to throw the ball 70% of the time, they need to catch the football or they need to find, figure out, you know, an alternative. So I think this week is, is really a, a pivotal in that regard. How many more weeks can you go, you know, squandering opportunities by dropping passes before you decide that you got to make a change? It's a big week for the receivers. Well, James Conner, he's not a receiver, but he will be catching more balls out of the backfield and probably have more opportunities. I expect, and I want to ask you about this, Ray Ray McLeod, Vance McDonald, and James Washington, especially Ray Ray and Vance McDonald, they are number one and number two as far as you know catch percentage. So James Washington does not have the best catch percentage, but it seems like he really has won Ben Roethlisberger's favor and the fans as well as of late. Do you expect to see more of McLeod, Washington, and the Vanimal? I certainly hope to see more of of McDonald uh, and and Washington in the passing game. Um, I just, you know, I've always thought Vance McDonald's a you know a good receiver, and he's dangerous with the ball in his hand. I wouldn't want to tackle that dude, um, you know. And 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 James Washington has certainly made some big plays the last few weeks, no doubt about that. Um, Connor's an upgrade over Snell as a receiver. You know, but one thing that they're going to have to do is they're going to have to figure out how to stretch the field with with some of their routes and and back defenders off. I mean, they got to open up the middle of the field and they got to if they want to throw the ball short, they're going to have to back defenders off because, you know, everybody's talked about Roethlisberger, how quick he gets the ball out of his hands. I mean, that's all well and good. But when when the corners and safeties are squatting five yards off the ball and are not being backed off at all, you're going to throw a lot of quick passes that are going to be one yard gains because the defense is going to, you know, just jump the routes and make quick tackles in, in, in open field. It, it's one thing to, to say, Hey, let's get McDonald some touches, but it's another thing to, to get him some space to make something happen. So I really would like to see the Steelers evolve the passing game this week to where, where Roethlisberger holds onto the ball a little longer 
allows the routes to stretch the defense down the field. I mean, leave a, leave a six guy in protection if you need to. They don't, they don't all have to be five-man route concepts. You know, leave a back in, leave a tight end in, whatever you want to do to, to get better protection around Ben. But stretch the field, man, with some of the vertical concepts and, and then open up some room underneath if you want to really work those, those low and intermediate routes so guys can catch and run. Because that's what's really been missing from the offense the last two weeks is the, is the, the run after the catch. One more question about the receivers. 12 games in, has Chase Claypool hit that rookie wall? I, I think he has a little bit, I'll be honest. You know, like, I just think it's a thing, man. You know, like, you just, you're playing more football than you've ever played in your entire life. And you're playing it at a far higher level of competition than you've ever experienced in your entire life. And now teams have, you know, three quarters of a season worth of film on him to figure out what he does best. Um, and where his weaknesses are and to plan for that. So I'm not saying that like he can't have great games again. He, sh- he sure can. But I also believe that uh, he's plateaued a little bit and that that's natural. You know, I mean, uh, and that's and that's a great opportunity for a guy like James Washington. It doesn't mean you write Chase Claypool off by any stretch of the imagination. It just means you shift your focus a little bit, which is something I hope they'll do this week. Now, we talked about everything that the Steelers need to do to win this game even on offense and on defense, but let's talk about the Buffalo bills. What is the one key to the game for Buffalo to leave this game with a victory and a huge advantage going forward in the AFC? Uh, I mean, they got to protect Josh Allen, you know, he's really good when he's clean and he's got time to just sort of sit back and diagnose things or, or when, you know, he can kind of use his feet and, and get out of the pocket a little bit and make things happen when he's running around. But when uh, he's got pressure in his face or, or when he's got to, you know, to make real quick decisions because of the pressure, he's not nearly as good. He's not, he's not that far along yet, you know, like in his maturation as an NFL quarterback. I mean, that, that obviously takes time. Uh, he's gotten pretty good at reading defenses. He hasn't gotten great yet at reading defenses and making quick decisions when he's got, you know, uh, an opposing defense right up in his grill. So I think that that'll be a big deal for the Steelers this week, man. They got to get pressure on Allen or uh, if he's comfortable, he's going to pick him apart. We've talked about Josh Allen. We've talked about Stefan Diggs and we've talked about Tredavious white. These are very dangerous guys. They could be very good. I think they all have pro bowl potential, even all pro potential with some of these guys. So it's going to be a very good game, but on defense, you still have TJ Watt. Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and even Steven Nelson's coming back. That's a big deal because Joe Hayden's out. How are you feeling about Cam Sutton? Because I think he has moved into the starting lineup quite well. Yeah, I, I like Cam, uh, Cam Sutton. I'm a fan. I mean, he, I don't think, you know, he's not Joe Hayden, but um, he's not, you know, insert name here from uh, the Steelers corners from about five, six years ago. You know, I mean, we, we had a, a run there where we didn't have really any, any, any guys who I would, would say were uh, as good as I think Cam Sutton can be for a while there. He needs reps um, and he needs, you know, a good playing partner over top of him at safety, which he has to, you know, to, to communicate with him and keep him in coverages. Uh, you, you know, we saw what happened last week when, when we had to scramble with all the injuries uh, the blown coverages in the second half against Washington. So hopefully the Steelers have ironed some of that stuff out in practice this week. Um, so he's like we talked about earlier, man, 
young guys with an opportunity to really sort of show themselves this week. He's one of them. You know, I just got a text from Bryce McCain, Ross Cockrell, and Antoine Blake, Antoine Valentino Blake, and they want to know your address, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I love I love you guys that you're Steelers, but uh, I'm just, I mean, you know, Cam Cam's Cam's better. He is. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, one more thing to do. It's time to go ahead and put our money where our mouth is. Well, we're not going to put any money. It's just uh, pride. And then when we're wrong, we just hope to forget about it next week. But what do you think about for this game? What's your final score? Who's going home with the W? Brian, I picked the Steelers to win every week so far this year. Um, and I, I don't think, I don't think it has been Homerism. I think it's been every week, you know, based upon how the season's evolved, I thought the Steelers were going to win. I'm going to be honest, man. I don't think they're going to win this week. I just, I just feel like they're up against too many obstacles, you know, going into Buffalo. It's a huge game for the bills. They can clinch their first playoff spot since, I don't know. I mean, I was three. I don't, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not being literal about that. I know they had a great run in the nineties, but I mean, they haven't been in the playoffs in forever. So it's an opportunity to do that at home and the Steelers are so banged up. I think the Steelers will play valiantly. But um, I just kind of I, I see Buffalo coming away with maybe like a 28-24 win, something like that. This is going to be their first division title in 25 years for the Buffalo Bills. They have had a, a couple wild card appearances, um, but as far as a division winner, you know, the, this is a pretty big deal. So for me, Kevin, I don't think the Steelers are just playing the Buffalo Bills. I think they're playing the media. I think they're playing the world. It's us against the world. And when that happens, I like the Steelers' chances. I've picked against the Steelers twice this year. I was wrong. I'm picking for the Steelers this week, and I really feel pretty good about it. I think it's going to be a tight one. I think they win this game 27-24. to No frills, but less mistakes on offense. And I think that the defense is good enough to hang with any team, actually to be better than any team, even with some replacements in there. It's the offense that has lost the game mostly the last two weeks. And I think the offense is going to step up come hell or high water. And this is it. So once again, 27 to 24 Pittsburgh Steelers, Bill's mafia. <laughs> I'm hundred percent rooting for you to be right, man. And I will, I will take all the derision and criticism of Steelers fans. Uh, if I'm wrong and I will, I will gladly uh, eat that crow. Well, sounds good. Well, what we're going to do now is we're going to say get ready for that game, grab that terrible towel, and let's get ready for a Pittsburgh Steelers victory. It's prime time once again. It's going to be a late night, but let's go to bed with a smile. For Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been Here We Go, Steelers pregame show. Let's get ready to rumble in Buffalo. We'll see you next week, my friends. Go Steelers. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.